0: Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse, and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to episode 30 of Talk Tantra to Me. Today, I have Grace. She is an astrologer and a priestess, and she is also a good friend of mine. Mm. So thank you for being here, Grace. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I would love to get started by just hearing a little bit about your journey with spirituality and how you've come to where you are today.
1: Yeah, it's interesting whenever I hear that question because I don't think I started off looking for spirituality. I was very much looking for a quick fix, like a get rich scheme. So I kind of turned to paganism and witchcraft because I was like magic. Like that's probably not going to work, but it's like kitschy and theatrical. And like, I'm an ex theater kid. There's something about like Wiccan, you know, you like dress up and there's like tools. It's very theatrical. Yeah. And then I think organically through exploring some of that, I was taken down a path where I began to sort of, connect more deeply to nature. I started to question what it is I wanted, um, and why I wanted it almost like the magic itself had its own consciousness. And it was like, here's this thing that you think you want, but like, are you sure that that's what you want? And where is that desire coming from? And like, Mm -hmm. what if you, um, if, if you are creating reality, what do you actually want to create? What's behind that? Mm. And so that was really interesting for me, um, because I think about it in terms of like everything is energy, everything is spirit. And very organically, I was moved towards a sort of more nature based elemental practice. Um, when I, When I was around twenty, I moved to an eco village in Scotland, and I started studying astrology and Reiki. And this was kind of post a psychic awakening where I Mm -hmm. was aware that I had been incredibly intuitive as a child and kind of switched off that water valve as we all, all kind of do, you know, because of trauma or conditioning or programming or anything really. And so I moved to Scotland and in that space, I was kind of given room to, um, tap deeper into sort of the land where my ancestors had kind of melded with the fabric of the earth. And there I was kind of grounded and I felt safe enough in sort of expanding some of those abilities. Um, so I studied Reiki there and I studied astrology there. Although if I'm being completely honest, like when I think about that transition, there was like a lot of trauma that kind of preceded me deciding to take a healing path. You know, Mm. I was going through a depression. I was having a lot of cognitive dissonance with people who were around me. I couldn't really like interact with people in a superficial way, as is kind of the same with anybody going through an awakening. Uh, Suddenly what you want from relationships changes, what you want from your job changes. Everything Mm. becomes more about freedom and depth and intimacy and true connection and less transactional because we're kind of conditioned to be quite transactional. Um so that was where it all started.
0: Beautiful. Thank you yeah. for sharing that mm-hmm. that background. Uh I definitely resonate with this idea of like it's all about intention. Mm-hmm. So going back to kind of your journey and how you started, it was a little bit more like flippant and exploratory, but then yeah. you start to realize like, shit, this really works. This is real. Like this is real magic. Like yeah. my words carry power yeah. and my attention carries power. So it's not like there's like a right or wrong in this path or in any space. There's no right or wrong desire. There's no right or wrong expression. It's just like, what's your intention behind it? Like what, what are you moving?
1: Right. It's like an energetic resonance. Am I following what resonates with me? Or am I following something that doesn't resonate with me? If I follow something that doesn't resonate with me, I'm going to get more things that don't resonate with me. And I think it is kind of above duality you know, Mm. energy is above it's not good or bad or right or wrong. Um, but yeah, powerful, powerful stuff. Like I remember like having this intrusive thought almost of like magic is real. If I'm using it, who else is using it? And for what purpose? Ah. And that kind of became a question that I followed for a few years, you know, just seeking Interesting. Mm -hmm. Beautiful.
0: And where has that brought you now? Like how did that move into this space with working with astrology specifically?
1: So my father was a closeted astrology nerd who wouldn't kind of openly talk about astrology, but had all of these books. And when I was 15, he got me a, um, psychological analysis by this union astrologer called Liz green And it freaked me out. I didn't leave my room for three days. I like went haywire with the highlighter. I tried to bring it to school and get everybody to read it. Everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm a Leo. I'm like, read about me, please (laughs) read about. And they're all like, what is this? So I had since then, since 15, kind of been studying and reading and none of the information would stick. And it wasn't until I was like in my 20s and having an awakening that it was like, almost channeling like i just mm. understood things um and i took a few courses at finhorn um in scotland um honestly i didn't i had no intention of becoming an astrologer i came back from scotland i gave three people readings um because i you know they asked and then suddenly i had five and then suddenly i had ten and and for me astrology is the language of reality mm. and it's non-dual And this, you know, we know that the sun gives life to everything here on earth and light is just information. So when we're looking at astrology, we're thinking about spectrums of light. And I think that studying astrology reprogrammed my brain Mm -hmm. because I stopped thinking in terms of good and bad. And I started thinking in terms of energy and, um, yeah, that's kind of it also is kind of like, you know, if you know what the weather's going to be, you know what you're going to wear. It's kind of like that for me now. It's like, if I know what transits and cycles I'm going through, I don't need everything to feel so sort of permanent and intense. Mm-hmm. Like we have, we live in such, and my parents were both psychologists. So everything was about, you fit into these certain compartments. If something's wrong with you, you get a diagnosis. Astrology is just like, okay, there's cycles. We're actually all different. So none of us fit into compartments Mm. and it's spectrums of being. So things that, you know, you might call depression. I might call like, okay, transiting Pluto is opposing my moon. So Mm -hmm. I'm going through like a dark night of the soul. So it's kind of this, there's something sort of lyrical and
0: and beautiful and fantastical about it that, um, really resonates with me. Beautiful. Thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that. I really love this idea of neutrality and being able to move through those dark periods with no tr- neutrality and that's something that again like we really focus in, in on tantras. how do you transform your pain into like a learning or growth opportunity or like a pleasure even like pain and pleasure are two sides of the same mm-hmm. coin and then you have neutrality that really which is peace. Mm -hmm. which kind of goes above all. And it can be interesting to explore those sides of polarity, but to be able to choose peace is is also an incredibly expansive space to be Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Getting into this idea with astrology, it's definitely something that like, I know I grew up in a space that had a lot of like um, resistance towards Mm -hmm. this and a lot of judgment. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that probably had something to do with your father kind of being in the closet about this space um, and it really wasn't until I started to see that this is like a real science. Mm-hmm. These are measurements that have been observed over thousands of years, yeah. which people don't realize. People think that it's like made up stuff, but in reality, it's yeah. been measured for thousands of years. So it's it's, it's a science, yeah. which is really interesting. And to be able to, you know, if you have something going on that feels really dark or really weird, or you're having an off day to have the awareness of what's going on, like in this you know, infinite expansive space Mm -hmm. that earth resides in can be incredibly empowering to understand like, Oh, actually it's, it's not me. There's nothing wrong with me. There might be an external force at, at play here.
1: Totally. It shows you the divine intelligence working through trauma, through crisis, through death, through pain. Mm. I mean, what is more beautiful? What is more liberating than that? Like nothing is more powerful or poignant than that. Like it's Completely profound. Um,
0: yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, moving this into how does this really affect, like, so again, I, I want to really be clear that, you know, I think a lot of people see astrology as your sun sign only, which is like your main sign, right? It's like my sun is Capricorn, your sun is Leo. And so, again, People think, as you had said, like you're being put into a box and that's what you are. When in reality, there are so many different things that are happening in the sky when you're born. Not the sun is, you know, a huge factor because it's one of our closest, you know, gravitational pulls, etc., But the universe is infinitely expanding and we're constantly discovering new things. And so there's so many different factors that can affect all aspects of being. But because this is talk tantra to me, how is this affecting specifically? Like, I want to touch on maybe three sort of topics here. One would be living expansively, because tantra means method for expansion. So, how can that, let's start there. How can we look at a chart where readings or how do you get started in that space to be in a more like growth oriented purpose driven
1: well when you when you, when i hear the words growth and expansion i think about jupiter which is our belief system um and where we're sort of given an abundance of something where we have room to grow where we're getting mm. good fortune so anything to do with growth and expansion and also belief you look at jupiter i think when i think about sexuality and, um, sex, not necessarily being in the sort of, uh, (laughs) that, but like the merging of energies, the changing of energies. Yeah. There's like, even within astrology, there's kind of like so many different languages for sexuality. Like you have Mars, which is like masculine sex drive. It's like, I'm going to go after this. I'm motivated to do this. I'm going to go get this. Mm. You have Venus, which is receptivity. It's, okay, I'm receiving this. I love this. This feels really good. I like this. And then you have Pluto, which is where you are permanently transformed because of intimacy. Yeah. It's where one energy meets another energy, and they're alchemized forever. Wow. Interesting. And that, to me, is the ultimate um, expansive, potent side to any kind of sex you know um but I think when we're looking at where you're going to grow and expand looking at any kind of outer planets like yes Jupiter is is belief and expansion um but like if you want to figure out where you're going to awaken or how you're going to awaken or what you're here to break down and rebuild look at Uranus Mm. which is freedom from programming because it's you know comes after Chiron which is our core wounds Mm. Um, And, uh, after Saturn, which is our programming and conditioning.
0: Interesting. Cool. So putting this in the context of something that might be relatable for the listener who, I mean, even myself, I don't have a crazy, great understanding of astrology. I think I know a little bit more than most people. Like I know my Venus. Moon. And I know my rising sun. I do know my Venus. I don't know my Jupiter. I don't know any of the other things though. Um, Partially because I actually don't, we've talked about this, I don't know my birth time exactly. So for me, it's kind of easier to just disassociate from this specific modality sometimes. Because, and I think that actually comes from my Capricorn, which is like, well, if it's not like gonna work, then I'm just gonna move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, when we do sometimes search out astrology as like a normal person or as someone that's not well-versed in this space, we go like on the internet and then we find some website that gives us some advice and maybe we pop in our lover or our partner and it says like, eh, bad man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. I mean, you? this is one of the things I really
1: want to reiterate because I get asked this all the time and it drives me fucking crazy. I know we've talked, I don't know if I'm I know we've talked about this. Um, <laughs> you can share. It's an open okay, thing. Okay. I um, When people ask me about compatibility, I get really mad because we're not looking for people who are going to be safe bets, or at least I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like Consciousness is concerned with what's going to cause the most amount of growth in a short amount of time. This being said, if we're going to kind of pull some of this astrological verbiage back to sort of like the mainstream listener or viewer, I personally went on my own tour de France of what does each sign like sexually. Mm. (laughs) And there's something potent in each each of the sun signs. There's like a potent lesson there in how one gives and receives pleasure and love. Um, You know, for example, like, your sign is Capricorn, there's something there about growth over time and achievement and mastery and feeling like you can graduate from each learning experience. And, you know, if your Venus was in Capricorn, um, it is as well. Oh, Okay. (laughs) I have a lot in Capricorn. (laughs) There's something about sort of the exchange of power that really turns Mm -hmm. you on. Oh yeah. Even if you are without it, you know, even if it's kind of, you know, I always think of Capricorn as daddy energy. Yes, sometimes you want to be on top, but there's also a sense of like hierarchy during sex is very fascinating to you. If one person's in charge and one person isn't in charge, there's something there about the trust
0: Mm. and the exchange
1: of power, which probably fascinates you.
0: Yeah, My
1: son is in Leo, my Venus is in Leo, and they're both in the eighth house. Now the houses in astrology are the different sectors of the sky and they play kind of a big role because they symbolize different areas of life. Mm -hmm. So if you're new to astrology and you want to look at areas of sex and romance or tantra, for example, you would go to the, go and look at the fifth house or the eighth house. The fifth house is concerned with sort of pleasure and fun and casual romance and playtime, And the eighth house is where we're permanently transformed. Mm. Um, you know, it's the house of mysteries. the house of it's death of the individual and birth of the unit that in and of itself, if you are not even thinking about astrology, that concept in and of itself is mind blowing that there's a part of the sky that's dedicated to death of the individual and birth of the unit that's dedicated to the merging of energies. Mm. We're talking about like, that's a major life theme that everybody goes through. Which is like where our own energy stops becoming our own and where we merge with other people Mm. through instances like death or instances like, you know, sex. And I think that that, because that's where my son, which is, you know, who I am, radiates. I'm really fascinated by that exchange. I want to, you know, connect deeply with someone and this doesn't even need to be through intercourse per se, but connect deeply with somebody's energy and then come out differently. Like that's so powerful and beautiful, you know, and this is an area that shows up in everybody's chart. Every single person on the planet has experience, with that theme, Mm. that, you know, that reality blows my mind.
0: (laughs) It's wild. Yeah. It's one of those things that, um again going back to this theme of like this the universe is constantly expanding and so like these we can go into these depths of astrology and really like go down a you know shoot of fascinating information about ourselves and about things like that and in that space like for people that are like wanting to get started with understanding some of these concepts specifically around like relationship sexuality and how that kind of is affected by your chart what are some resources that you recommend to kind of get started or like you know if, if someone's looking for maybe a specific astrologer to work with like what would you look for within an astrologer to um
1: she should have red hair she should be five <laughs> just kidding um, <laughs> um i would say when looking to deepen your understanding of relationships and intimacy and sacred sexuality if you're sort of a beginner the really simple thing you can look at is what's my venus sign how do i like to receive love and what's my mars sign how am i going after love how am i pursuing other people for the intermediate astrology lover go look at how these signs are impacted you know how are these place uh how are these planets impacted for example if you're somebody who has Um, venus square their pluto you're not here to experience um safety and security in your relationships you came here to permanently transform your obsessiveness and your intensity Mm -hmm. and your vulnerability and to choose you know vulnerability over control that's kind of a little bit deeper um the other thing to look at is where these planets placed right so if you have um, Venus, um, in the fifth house, for example, you're going to be somebody who likes to express and experience love through mediums of creativity and play. If you're somebody with Venus in the 12th house, for example, you're going to be somebody who needs to experience love very privately in a sort of secluded way, perhaps with, um, you know, pure energy. You know, so it's very, very nuanced. You know, you were saying that it's difficult. You know, some people completely believe that, um, you know, you're just your sun sign. It's so unbelievably nuanced. It's so unbelievably articulate, you know, understanding your love language through the medium of astrology. Nobody's chart is the same. You can't have the same chart as anyone else. So um, I definitely think everybody should get an astrology reading at least once in their life. It should be like, mandated by the law so that you know your shit um and yeah also I think like one of the the things that I'm really fascinated by is like generational placements like I'm completely blanking on the time frame um but if you were born like in 19 1995 um I might actually need to google this go ahead yeah we can google it completely if you're interested in- okay because this is really interesting this is about um Okay, Pluto in Scorpio. So Pluto is a generational placement. Pluto in Scorpio generation. Generational placements are placements that apply to a generation of people. So that could be like 10 years so Pluto entered Scorpio in 1983 and then it entered it entered Sagittarius in 1996 I believe but basically this applies to both of us right oh okay interesting so I'm born in 1993 does that yeah okay so this is really interesting so Pluto and Scorpio. Pluto is the soul's evolution, the soul's journey, what we're here to permanently transform. A lot of us were born with Pluto in Scorpio. If you were born after 1983 and before 1996, you were born with Pluto in Scorpio. And that is about what we're here to transform. And Scorpio rules sex. So Mm -hmm. we actually came here, our generation came here to Look at the dark side of sex. What have we seen? The Me Too movement, oh.
0: pornography.
1: We're looking at the misuse of sexual energy. Like, that's what we came here to evolve and transcend.
0: I'm getting full body chills, right? Yeah.
1: Now. Like, I can feel like all over yeah. my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Crazy. And you, it's interesting because you have it in the eighth house. So it's like you're actually doing that through your personal experience of sexuality. Yeah. And other people's energy like you're mm. actually doing it that personally through your experience of intimacy yeah. so this I like never forget a chart it's like um but basically this is uh very very powerful and I, th- I think about this a lot when I think about pornography and how like we are the first generation that's kind of grown up with that and mm-hmm. you know having access to such I'm going to use the word unhealed masculine modalities of sex and how that's kind of changed the male psyche, changed the female psyche even. Um, and also, yeah, like the me too movement that was about like facing the darkness a lot of Scorpio energy is about facing the darkness, facing what's buried, making the subconscious conscious, you know, taking what's underneath the earth and sort of letting it move up, mm. you know, so this is, you know, we came here to face the misuse of sexual energy and also look at things that are buried. Whereas, like, my sister's generation gets to, like, bring in all the fun new religions and philosophies because Pluto's in Sagittarius. But uh, Pluto is also, like, what are we afraid of, you know? So we're also facing fears about deep intimacy. You know, our our parents' generation, a lot of that was Pluto in, um, in Libra. So some of what they were facing was, um, you know, a lot of divorce, a lot Mm. of relationship issues, a lot of like, um, yeah, relationship issues mainly, but we're like, we're dealing with like themes like obsession, death, control. I mean, even when I think about like, why does our generation consistently feel like it's the end of the world? A lot of that is because it's Pluto and Scorpio. Like we feel like the world is ending. We're confronting
0: our fears around death and sex constantly wild yeah this is fascinating so this is one of those things that like you don't get from just like a normal run-of-the-mill like no you allure, know article a lower horoscopes yeah not talk to you about. cosmos not covering it this yeah, um, I know. <laughs> um or otherwise but yeah. uh so that's super interesting and i think that i deeply resonate with everything that you just said about sexuality. And some of the things that I often say is that like, I think that a lot of people are really triggered by like the sexual images and and the ways that we're, we're looking at sex and gender and porn and even things like, you know, the song, like wet ass pussy, like a lot of people are, it's very polarizing for people. And to me, it's this era of like, we are shining the light in the shadows of like thousands of years, and that's going to bring about with any evolution. Like, we're, we're yeah. going through an evolution of the collective consciousness, especially around the themes that you had just said, including sex,
1: including hedonism. Like, I also think the access of Taurus and Scorpio, like, Taurus is like self worth. Like, this is what, like, this is my body. Like, I deserve to be here because I have a physical body. And then Scorpio, it's like we're pushing the limits a little bit. It can be a little bit extreme.
0: But it's growing pain. But it's growing pain. Yeah, it's growing pain. So this is something that, like, it's, it's, it can look scary, it can be weird, it can feel challenging, but it's, like, a beautiful thing, and it's, a, it's really empowering to hold space for something that's, like, very open and accepting and transformative in, in the future, which is really exciting. Completely. So I really appreciate that that perspective and also again touching back to this idea that like wow this is like one thing that no one would read about or know based on like a normal reading and I know for myself going into making it you know going a little bit more personal and deeper into this space like I'm a Capricorn right but I don't think that many people that would think that I'm a Capricorn when people guess no one guesses correctly. And I definitely resonate with like a lot of the qualities, like the ambition and, um, the daddy, the daddy is like energy for sure. Um, but at the same time, like there's so many other parts of myself that I was like, no, like I'm definitely more fiery or, you know, whatever. And when I started to look at like, oh, my moon sign and my rising sign, and all these things, I started to get more resonance of like, oh, that's why I'm like deeply emotional though as well. And that's why my relationships look like this. And I'm wondering if you had any sort of like aha moment around your chart, especially around like sexuality or yeah. relationships that you'd like to share. Yeah. I mean, I literally have
1: had really intense, I've had like. I've been obsessed with relationships since I was a child Um, and also deeply fascinated by Eros and sexuality. And like I said, my son is in the eighth house that rules sexuality and things that are hidden. my son is like a degree away from Venus Mm. that's attracting things towards you. So I also kind of got a lot of sexual attention at quite a young age. Um, I know we don't have your complete chart, but, like, when I looked at your chart, there was kind of a similar theme. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, looking at it astrologically, I'm like, okay, like, maybe that was an initiation and some kind of wound of the feminine. Um, And it definitely was kind of an aha moment where I was like, okay, this is why, you know, like, this is why I've I've sort of – Radiate erotic, <laughs> <laughs> but also you know that's all like the, the the part of the chart that rules sexuality also rules death
0: and yeah. crisis.
1: And I've had a lot of different identities and a you know a lot of a very intense life path. Yeah, through a lot of intensity in my life, and I kind of am able to look at it and be like, you know what, I probably picked the shit out of that because it's entertaining as fuck like this is great you know this is really interesting Mm -hmm. everything and it's kind of given me my power back where I can um have radical self-love even for the things that like don't psychologically maybe look completely well I'm like well this is an amazing story this is like an entertaining story like Mm -hmm. if I came here in the physical form of course I would want to experience you know the depths of humanity, the depths of humanity and also like maybe things that don't look like a rom-com, but look a little bit more of like a, a sort of Russian Baz Luhrmann style theatrical, like eighth part play with like revenge twists and sort of, you know, it's all over the place because I love that. I love that richness. Yeah. I love intensity mm-hmm. and that's what I've learned from my charts. That I really, I'm an intense person. I love intensity. I crave depth. I crave intimacy That's who I am. And the fact that I can go into a relationship or, you know, a connection and be like, this is who I am. I know this about myself. And also knowing that I'm growing because we also have our evolutionary astrology, which is how we change over time. We have transits. Mm -hmm. We're always kind of changing over time. But internally, like I do know those things and and astrology is a tool for self-empowerment and that's what it's given me.
0: Yeah. I really love that you are using the word tool because what I like to say with like, all modalities is it's a it's it's a tool not a rule a tool like, and
1: not a crutch
0: yeah not a crutch
1: and this is a point I really want to bring up you don't get to rely on these astrological archetypes to excuse bad behavior or to stay stuck because we're also kind of seeing the polarity of that in like meme based <laughs> astrology you know where it's like I'm a Gemini so I can be you know gossipy or two-faced you know and and uh yeah
0: yeah, your soul chose. Like it's my belief. This is my belief. This is my truth. Take it or leave it. It's my belief that our souls choose our placement, and in, in they, so they choose the trauma, or they choose mm-hmm. the difficult parts of our chart, or our soul experience. Same thing with our family. We choose our relationships. We choose the people that are coming into our life totally. on a soul level without our conscious awareness. So you're choosing these like you know toxic traits and the you know more liberating traits of each sign. Or each part of your placement to consciously like expand beyond it. Like you're choosing this placement with its toxic traits to experience those, so that you're able to have that soul experience and and expand through that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely. And and I think that from down here, we get caught up in the emotions a bit, and we're like, you know, really emotional about it. We're like, Ugh, who would have done this? Yeah. <laughs> But from up there, it's like, wouldn't it be interesting if, I'm going to put this here, I'm going to put this. You know, the higher self is kind of a little bit more all-knowing and has the grand plan. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I imagine it as like, if you ever played Sims, you know, I would always have my Sims do all sorts of, I would always try and get my Sims to hook up. Do they? I've never actually played it, but I'm familiar with the... I was trying to get, like, hacks and stuff. This is all just, like, obviously a giant metaphor for my whole life. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm like, where's the hack to make them naked? (laughs) 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 No, I'm kidding. Um, But I definitely think that there's kind of an element of, yeah, having this oversold-up plants plants trauma. Yeah. I've had experiences post-astrology. I've had experiences where I've been in the middle of a crisis or, or a traumatic experience. And I've been fully aware
0: mm. that it was a
1: divine experience that I had ordered or, or, and helped orchestrate. And that potent moment is really powerful. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this is going to take me exactly where I need to go in a very short amount of time.
0: Yeah. And well, like how empowering is it to have that information? Like, I think that a lot of us are stuck in this cycle of like, this always happens to me. And like, why does this keep happening, et cetera. And it's because you're playing a pattern over and over again, yeah, that your higher to... self is asking you to like fucking, you know, move through, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make some changes, become more self-aware. And you're going to keep experiencing that trauma or that, you know, pattern until you decide to consciously choose something else transcend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Evolve or repeat evolve or repeat. Yeah. Until you get the message.
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'd like to wrap up with just a couple of last questions. Um, things, the, the, the first question is something that I always ask my guests and it is what awakens your arrows? What turns you on? What gets your Kundalini pumping? Gets you excited about life and love and,
1: um, Laughter,
0: Aww. humor,
1: adventure, travel, spontaneity, um, bravery, um, verbiage. More, I'm just like list everything, <laughs> everything that's ever existed. Verbiage, language. Uh, what do they call that? Sapiosexual. Uh huh. Are you like in love with somebody's mind? Definitely yeah. that too. Yeah. And I also think just like nature, <laughs> I, I've had a couple experiences where I've been like, particularly the Kundalini stuff. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever just like put your spine on a tree that for some reason really does it for me. That's all it takes. You, know? yeah. you want to take me on a date, just get me a big Oak tree and I'll just lie down on the Oak tree with my spine and it moves all
0: that juicy energy. Yeah. Definitely resonate. Mm-hmm. The earth is a turn on for sure. Yeah. Big time. Love it. Big time. <laughs> I'm like thinking back to my own experiences with the trees with like, fondness. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Um, cool. So what exciting projects are you working on now or things that you're growing through that you'd like to share that the listener might be able to, to take part in and to get more of you?
1: I have just launched my first podcast, which is a baby podcast, <laughs> very new, <laughs> newborn podcast, um, which you are going to be a guest on, which I'm really excited and yes. grateful for, um, called Bitchcraft Spirituality for Bad People. And I'm doing forecasts there, but this is also catered to the person who is perhaps not doing spirituality because they want to, but because they need to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is kind of how I began. Um, and yeah, I also have a Patreon page. I post new moon and full moon ritual guides. Um, and I do one-on-one sessions that's tarot do energy work if you're in Los Angeles. Um, and I do remote astrology
0: readings, natal charts and transits. Beautiful, mm-hmm. amazing. I think that covers it. Oh, and what's your Instagram or website if if people want to find you there? At Grace McGrade. Okay, cool. And I'll link it. In I don't know all like Disney Channel. What did I? Just... Oh, I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna That's find like a cute sign. little graphic. <laughs> that was great. And edit it in. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I deeply appreciate you I love and you. the wisdom and
1: thank you. Thank you for having me here.
0: <laughs> Thank you again, Grace, for joining me today. And I also want to express my gratitude to the listener. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality and in this episode, astrology. If this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective. And your reviews also help this podcast become a bit more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll catch you next week on Talk Taunter to Me. Ta-ta.